0: Yeah, that sounds good.
1: Eduardo, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. You are a software engineer at Netlify, and you've been doing a lot of work on Netlify's edge functions. You got onto our radar because Jason Langsorf tweeted, hey, if anyone wants to talk about edge functions, you should get Eduardo on your podcast. And we've talked about edge functions a couple times on the show, so I jumped at that opportunity. So thank you to Jason for that rec. And before we get into all that, though, we would love to just hear a little bit about you, how you got into coding, and how you got into Netlify.
0: Yeah, first of all, thanks for the invite and thanks to Jason as well. I hope I can live to Jason's uh, expectations. It's It's a tall order. My name is Eduardo. Like I said, I'm a software engineer. I got into coding very much early on. Like I was, I was a small kid and I was super interested in computers. I was an only child, you know, just sitting in my home where the computer was pretty much my life growing up as a kid. And then I was exposed to the internet and that kind of changed my life. And I was amazed that you could build a website and connect with people all over the world. And then I quickly became interested in how do you actually build these things? And then I started learning, you know, the basics, HTML, and how to push files to a server or FTP and things like that. I, at that time, started to Create this idea in my mind that when I grew up, it would be cool to do this as my job. And that's kind of how it unfolded. Like, my path from that point on was chasing this idea of I want to do computer things when I grow up. So then I did like an engineering, computers engineering course, and I started working as a developer. I actually started doing a little bit of front end and a little bit of like, I guess call it called full stack development doing a bunch of php and and mysql back in the day and then i tried had the opportunity to try a bunch of different things a bunch of different technologies and different kind of parts of the stack and then at some point in my career one of the jobs that i had was less about building solutions for the end customer and more about building things for my team and enabling a team of developers to work better. I think that's when things like really clicked for me and I realized that I wanna work on developer tooling. I wanna build things for developers because building things on the web is not always easy. So there's a lot of work that we could do to make that easier. And that's what excites me. And that's, I think, kind of what led me to Netlify because the, the whole Jamstack paradigm was something that also clicked very well with me. And I was exploring that and it felt like the perfect place to kind of marry those two interests and to build tooling for developers that are interested in that paradigm. Yeah, that's how I ended up
1: where I am. Let's get into the edge functions. We've talked about this a couple times on the show, so why don't we start off with just a general definition of what is the edge and why would we want our functions to be there? So
0: if people are familiar with the concept of
1: serverless computing, the idea
0: that you can deploy a piece of code that will run somewhere in a server without you having to actually provision that server and worry about like server configurations and managing traffic and adding like security patches and things like that it's this idea that you have this isolated and self-contained piece of code and that will exist somewhere in the cloud and it'll respond to requests I kind of see an edge function as being part of that family, part of that paradigm, with the difference that it runs at the edge. And what's the edge? It's this idea of running in multiple locations spread around the world, which creates the opportunity to run this code closer to your users. And that will allow you to create like faster experiences because you don't have to hit like a server somewhere in US East 1 or something. It'll actually be talking to servers that are closer to where you are. And that's the idea. That's an evolution or another step in the serverless paradigm, but running closer to where people are consuming that data from.
1: I'm also curious, kind of from a more historical angle, I know that Netlify had something called Edge Handlers going back over a year ago now, and then now there's these things called Edge Functions. And I remember when Edge Handlers first came out, Matt was on a podcast, SE Daily, talking about how they're using Dino for it. So I think that there is some connection between these two things. I'm not sure exactly what that connection is. So are these the same things? Are these like like a revamped version of those? Were those like an early test case for these? Like what is the relation between those edge handlers and then the edge functions that we have today? Yeah, that's a great question. So
0: edge handlers, as you said, over a year ago, we've identified that being able to program the edge was Something very powerful, and we wanted to bring those capabilities to our customers. And we started working on edge handlers, which was our solution for that. But we realized after a while that we were maybe solving the problems that our customers had, but we weren't necessarily moving the ecosystem in the right direction because we were effectively building our own edge runtime, our own like walled garden. We really believe. Like I personally believe, and I know that Netlify as a company believes in that as well, in the open web and open source and open standards. And we would hate to ask someone to build their entire business on top of this like proprietary software. That's why we took a step back and we decided to revisit our plans. Edge functions is really the culmination of that process of like revisiting our initial solution. Now with Edge Functions, to build Edge Functions, we looked around and we asked ourselves like, what could be an open runtime for Edge computing that is built on web standards, that is built with openness at its core? I think it became clear to us that Dino was the answer to that. And so we partnered with Dino and we built Edge Functions on top of the Dino runtime. That was the next evolution of our initial ledge handlers effort.
1: Okay, yeah, that's really cool, especially as someone who has been following Dino for a while. I've been really interested in Dino kind of just because I find the narrative of it really interesting. Like, you know, the creator of Node comes back and makes a new Node that's even better than the first Node. You know, I, I like that. I think that kind of framing is is juicy, but from a pure tech angle, I for a while, didn't really see anyone picking up Dino, either for personal projects or just kind of in the ecosystem. And that seems to have really changed. Dino seems to really be taking off. And they announced something recently, the web interoperable runtimes community group. So I'm curious if this is something that Netlify is also involved in, or if this is something that you've been watching as well. And if this kind of plays into that whole like, Dino as a more universal runtime narrative
0: it definitely aligns with that vision. We're super excited to see that effort because that's just proof that there's an appetite for making this an open runtime for edge computing. That's the approach to building for the web that we want to be involved with and that we think will push the ecosystem forward. We're super excited to see that, definitely.
1: So when we get into some use cases, I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about what is this and the context and history around it, but we always like to talk about actual use cases here. So why would someone do this? Like, what are actual reasons that a developer would want to put an edge function in their project?
0: So I think to better answer that question, it's worth talking a little bit about some of the differences between a typical serverless function and an edge function, or like I'm, I'm going to be referring to the case of Netlify, but this kind of applies as a general concept. But at Netlify, when you write a Netlify function, a serverless function, you are always terminating a request. Let's say that you open up a new project, you create a function file we will automatically spin up a new URL for that function. And then you can hit that URL and we'll terminate the response with whatever logic you write in your function. You can also do that with edge functions, but there's an alternative mental model that you can use, which is you can make an edge function work as like a middleware pattern. So you can make an edge function intercept a request as it comes in or create an edge function that handles a response as it comes back out. And that suddenly creates the opportunity for really interesting use cases because you can have an edge function that sits right at the beginning of your request chain and then your edge function can decide to terminate the request. It's also a perfectly valid use case. You can just return a JSON response with whatever, or you can modify the request in certain ways and then let the request continue its normal path through the request chain and end up in a static asset or a serverless function, for example. When you have access to that middleware pattern, you can do interesting things like A-B testing, for example. You can write an edge function that takes a request and then randomly assigns it to one of two buckets. And based on that, it'll route the request to a different path, for example. You can do things like an authentication layer. You can write an edge function that runs on every path and it'll do something like check for a JWT in a header or something. and It'll validate that token and route the request to different places based on the permissions that are associated with that token, for example. And I think that those are a couple of interesting examples that are made possible by this middleware pattern. Another interesting use case is these two use cases are about intercepting the request as it comes in. And we can also talk about a couple of examples of modifying the request as it comes out. For example... You can write an edge function that will take the response that would normally be served for that path, and you can modify it. You can replace some of the text. You can, I don't know, replace the links that go to your Amazon store and make them go to your local Amazon store based on kind of the geolocation for that request, for example. And I think that opens up a whole universe of use cases because you have access to programming your CDN effectively at specific points in time, I think that that can be an incredibly powerful thing to have in in your toolbox as a developer.
2: I've actually used Edge Functions before in our brand new website at Everfund. What we're using it for is detecting where the user is coming from because what we're building now is a worldwide product that obviously has a SaaS plan for each country so when a user goes onto it from say america they don't want to see the pricing for the uk they want to see the american pricing and vice versa so this is actually a really good use case for edge functions in something as simple as a marketing website and you could be using it for pricing Or you could be slightly changing the illustrations depending on where they're from to make them feel more resonating with the person that's viewing the website. And this is just scratching the services, I believe, of this logic before rendering. And I think it's one of the most useful ones that I could see being super successful on websites that are looking to grab a global audience while providing slight tweaked infrastructure. I think they're definitely worth playing with. And I do totally think we've not seen the full usage unlocked yet
0: absolutely i think that's a great example we do make geolocation information available to every edge function so you can totally tap into that and make decisions based on the country or even the city and things like that and i also completely agree with you i think the examples like we internally at netlify we have we created a bunch of interesting examples of things that you could build with edge functions but i think those are nothing compared to what the community will build. That's what we're super excited about. And that's why we're excited about creating something that is created on open standards, because you're not going to be building something that is specific to Netlify. You're going to be building something for the web. That is going to help even us like realize what are the possible use cases. And I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited to see what People build with that. One of the most exciting things for me is like creating the tools and putting them in front of people, and then kind of see people that are way smarter than me figuring out how to build amazing things with that. That's kind of the exciting part of my job.
2: I can definitely see a few enterprise customers saying, This is perfectly what we need to navigate a user to a mobile version of the website. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I just quickly want to go back over to why Dino. Dino is this runtime, but why is it better than just V8? You know, what is Dino versus V8? And why does it make a different choice?
0: One of the things is performance. Dino was built with this
1: specific use case in mind,
0: if not from day one, from very early on.
1: And just real quick, Dino does use V8. So Dino and Node both use V8, but they build stuff around V8. So it's not that Dino is not using V8 and Node is, it's that Node is a C++ wrapper around V8 and Dino is a Rust wrapper around V8.
0: Yeah. Why we chose Dino as a runtime instead of Node, that comes down to performance and exactly like you were saying the choice to use rust and to focus on performance and this idea of building a runtime that could run in a distributed infrastructure like this i think is something that informed their roadmap it felt like a really good match for what we were trying to build and then there are choices in the Dino runtime that are not necessarily obvious choices, but are definitely interesting. The whole idea of not using a centralized package manager and pulling your dependencies via like full URLs within your code. And again, going back to the whole open standards and this idea of trying to build on top of lego pieces that are already available and that developers already use that's also something that was really important to us so i think that's why it made sense for us is a combination of all of those characteristics
2: how does dino make working with say javascript different can i just build an express api as easy in Dino as I can in TypeScript or is it completely different I have to use a different package and how does that reflect into edge functions can I build a REST API in an edge function
0: that's a great question you mentioned TypeScript so maybe that would be an interesting thing to call out which is Dino has built-in first class support for TypeScript
1: Chris loves to hear that
0: (laughs) if you want to write a TypeScript application, you don't need a build step. You don't need to transpile, you don't need to process your code in any way that will have first-class support in Dino. When it comes to building a REST API, absolutely, it's worth clarifying that if you have a node project that relies on an NPM package that will likely not work on Dino out of the box because those are different runtimes with different primitives. And so relying on express itself or a similar package probably won't work, but you can totally build a rest API using Dino and you can build a rest API using Netlify Edge functions. One thing that I would also like to call out is that unlike serverless functions in Netlify that will automatically get a URL associated with each function, that doesn't happen with edge functions. You actually can go and configure a path or multiple paths that that function will run. So for example, you could, we're talking about a REST API, if you wanted to create your API that handles products, let's say, you can configure a path like slash product slash star. And that means that that function will run on any sub path of products. And that in itself is a building block that makes it easy to build a REST API in an Antlify Edge function. That was a long-winded way of saying, yes, you can totally do that.
1: Yeah, there's also a Dino library called Oak and so oak would be kind of the equivalent of something like an express. It's technically based on Koa, hence the name, because like Dino is is node with the letters mixed around. Same with oak and Koa. And I know that oak does work on Dino Deploy, so I would assume it would work on Netlify functions as well. I'm not sure if that's something you've played around with. But that actually kind of leads me to a, another question: is Is there kind of parity between what you can do with a Netlify Edge function and what you can can do with Dino deploy or is there some kind of secret sauce that Dino deploy has that will allow them to do things that Netlify edge functions can't do do you have any idea what is the similarities or differences between those two edge runtimes so to your first question yes oak is definitely an interesting Framework to keep an eye out if you're in
0: the Dino space. I haven't personally tried using it in a Netlify Edge Function. I'm pretty sure it would work. I don't see why not. So if you're building a, a RESTful API, that's definitely something you should look into. Your second question about the primitives that are available in in Edge Functions and in Dino Deploy. I think there is parity. I don't think there's anything available in Dino Deploy that we don't support in Edge Functions.
1: That's really cool, because that would be what I would think of in terms of portability and talking about having this universal runtime is that if I could just lift and shift something from Deo Deploy to Netlify, that would be really powerful. Because I think one of the reasons that node really took off is that anywhere you could run like a Linux server, you could really run a node server. And with the edge, the problem has been that we're dealing with all these like weird bespoke runtimes, like Cloudflare has their own runtime, and Fastly has their own runtime. And you know, layer zero has their own runtime. And so getting to the point where we can actually lift and shift this stuff is what we want to get to with these runtimes. That's not really a question. But I would be curious to get into customers like who is currently using this? Do you have any big flagship customers who are using this right now? The Edge Functions product is still
0: in a public beta period. There's the whole sticker saying this is a beta product. You shouldn't rely on this for critical production projects right now. But we do see a lot of customers interested in are actively using it in in kind of adapting them to their workflows. There are no specific customers that I can name that I can share, but we're super excited to see like enterprise level customers using this and helping us make it better as well, because learning from use cases from a very small personal project all the way to like a large enterprise site is what we're interested in. And that's why we want to have this beta period where we kind of learn about these use cases and kind of improve the product.
1: Very cool. So I'll be curious how this currently integrates with the kind of Netlify tool chain. Like I know Netlify has their own CLI and they have a way to generate a Netlify function kind of boilerplate, which is the old school like Netlify Lambda kind of function. So is this something that also now if I wanted to spin up a quick edge function, would I be able to just run a command in the Netlify CLI and like kind of auto generate something? That's a great
0: point. That's a great question. It was one of our main concerns was to take this technology and make it part of the Netlify workflow. That was the only way that we would want to launch something like this. And so yes, in the same way that you can spin up the Netlify CLI and type Netlify dev, and you suddenly have your local development environment with access to your serverless functions, the exact same thing happens with edge functions. We use the Dino CLI under the hood, but we can abstract all of that. We take care of pulling in the CLI into your local machine. If you don't have it installed, we cache it for like future invocations and things like that. We make the, the whole experience really seamless. An example that I, that I wanted to share with you is if you use VS Code and you have A bunch of javascript or typescript files in that project that are associated with a netlify serverless function and then you suddenly add a new javascript or typescript file for an edge function vs code will not be able to figure out what is an edge function or like what is a node typescript file and what is a deno typescript file you might get some confusing warnings about some primitives not being available or or things like that and that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that we wanted to make seamless so when you boot up the netlify cli and we detect that you're running it from vs code we go well you seem to be using vs code and you're using edge functions do you want us to help configure your editor so that you can like get an optimal experience from this and we go and create a vs code settings file that tells the editor where exactly the node things are and where exactly the Dino things are so that the whole thing like works great for you I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here but my point was that yes edge functions fully integrate with the Netlify workflow. We want to make it as seamless as possible. To your specific question of can you type a command and generate an edge function? I don't think we've added that template just yet, but I will definitely create an issue right after this call because that's definitely something we want to do. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, generate a template string. It's probably uh, a fairly small lift, uh, all things considered. But that's interesting that you say it actually pulls in the Dino CLI. So would I need to have like cargo installed? That's kind of like Rust's like package manager or do I need Rust tooling or is that kind of handled? No, that's handled automatically for you.
0: We we just like we'll look at your at your machine, your OS and your architecture, and we will pull the relevant binary and just run it for you, like without you ever like you don't even know that there is such a thing as a Dino C L I if, if you haven't used that before. Not because we're trying to hide anything away but just because we want to make it as seamless as possible and the thing that personally excites me is making complicated things seem easy and we want to bring this technology To people without asking them to completely change the way that they build or or to completely change their workflows or to ask them to suddenly learn this new thing and pull all of these tools from the internet and learn how to use them. We want to abstract away all of that complexity. So if you were using Netlify by just running Netlify dev locally a month ago, you'll be able to do the exact same thing with edge functions without kind of pulling any other tooling for that.
1: That's awesome because I remember there's a time when I had to download the Wrangler CLI, which is Cloudflare's CLI. I remember it took me like hours to figure out. It was just so complicated. And so like having that kind of just the setup step, like figured out for you, it's it's so huge. And this is something that Redwood was always really good at is like you don't need to download the Prisma CLI. Like Prisma is just in there already. So I think getting you set up in a way where it's like you install one tool and then that tool figures out what all the other tools need to do to work, that is like, that's so powerful. And that's that's really, really cool. Yeah, I think we as developers often,
0: you know, underestimate how difficult and how challenging and how big of a ask it is to have people installing all of this tooling and configuring all of these things to get to the exact setup that you have into the exact setup that you want. And I agree with you, like having a tool that does it for you, obviously, having the flexibility to then go in and customize things. If you have a really specific use case or if you're like a power user that wants to customize things in, in a certain way, you should absolutely have the flexibility to do that. You shouldn't feel like you're locked in to a specific configuration. But giving you like reasonable, useful defaults that can get you up and running with no additional effort, I think that's key. And that's difficult to achieve from like the engineering side of things. But as a user, I think people should expect that and people should kind of demand that from the products that they use
1: so if someone was going to get started with this what is like the hello world to edge functions like where should people go in terms of getting set up and what will they need to do to set themselves up for success
0: so i would go to the Netlify.com site and there's a product page for edge functions that tells you what edge functions are it has links to a ton of examples that show you how to build an edge function. And then to actually build one, it's pretty much as simple as creating a project, dropping a JavaScript or TypeScript file, depending on your favorite flavor and saying what route that function should run on. And that's it. The API itself is very simple. ties back to that whole idea of kind of building on web standards because the contract is we receive a request and we return a response and by request and response i mean the web standard request and response objects that's the contract that you have you have a file that exports a default function that receives a request and returns a response and you were talking earlier about making it easier to just lift this code and run it somewhere else that was one of the concerns that we had as we built this api because on the one hand we want to make certain things that are specific to netlify available to your functions like being able to use different parts of the netlify ecosystem
1: Yeah, I saw there's a thing with a Netlify graph on your the home page for the Netlify functions. This seems like there's some sort of integration there.
0: That's an example of things that we will want to make available to functions, but we want to like we have this Netlify context object, which is passed to your functions. And all of the Netlify specific stuff is like in there. That's the namespace for the Netlify stuff. Everything else is the very simple contract of receiving a request and returning a response. And that's the standard stuff. If you take that and you move it somewhere else, that'll work. And we want to keep it like that because I think that's how we kind of move the ecosystem forward.
1: I am so excited for all of this stuff. I'm someone who has been really bullish on the edge in general and edge functions. And I've been doing a lot of work over the last year to try and figure out how to get Redwood to work with Cloudflare workers. And now that we have more primitives for the Edge, and they seem to be more compatible with the deployed targets that Redwood already has. I think that we're getting closer to making this actually a real thing. And I know that there's someone on the Netlify team who is playing around with Redwood and Edge functions. I won't put them on the spot because I know that's still kind of in the process of getting done. But um, that's something that listeners should keep an eye out for because I think that we're going to start seeing more integrations with frameworks. And if you go to the Netlify site right now, you already mentioned that this works with Next, Nuxt, Svelte, Remix. So it seems like there's already been a lot of work done in terms of making this compatible with like popular meta frameworks. Yeah, definitely.
0: I'm super excited to see this working with Redwood. I'm not actively involved in kind of the framework integrations, but I keep a close eye because I love seeing like, I love the innovation that's happening in that space. And I I really like the mantra of Redwood, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see it being integrated with Edge Functions. And yeah, the rest of the frameworks and meta frameworks that we have available, we have launched with a bunch of adapters for those frameworks on day one, and we've recently published a document that gives framework authors the primitives that they need if they want to build like an integration for their framework. And that's another area where we're super excited to see the community building their own kind of integrations and their own adapters and taking this technology further by offering super
1: easy integrations with different frameworks and tooling. Do you have um, any other questions, Chris, before we start closing it out here?
2: I do, but I feel like it could open the biggest kind of worms in the world. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, we got time. Go for it. We got time. Did serverless functions walk so edge functions could run? Uh
0: <laughs> that's an interesting question. Just to make sure that we're on the same page, are you basically asking if edge functions will replace serverless functions?
2: Yes. I.e. edge functions are faster, simpler, and better, so shouldn't we just all migrate to edge functions?
0: That's a great question. This is like my personal view on this. I don't see serverless functions being completely replaced by edge functions in the near future for a couple of reasons. I think one of them is the runtime itself. I think I'm a fan of Dino, but the Node ecosystem is quite big and it has a large community. It has a large... A library of open source packages that are built for that runtime, there are a lot of people that will continue to depend on that ecosystem to build their applications. And I don't think everyone will immediately migrate to Dino. Another aspect of that is, should every application be built on the edge? And that's a really interesting question that, as you say, we could open like a big can of worms here. I'm not sure if the answer is yes. Like if you're talking to a database that is like in a centralized location, for example, or like lives in US East 1 or something, will you get the full benefit of the edge architecture if your functions are still going back to the centralized location? I don't know. There's a ton of innovation happening in the space right now. I think the database world is super hot right now. And I think we'll see a lot of innovation in that space. And there are a lot of players that are like moving the databases to the edge. And I think that will be a really interesting conversation once we get there. Right now, I think there's still some questions to be answered there. My best answer to that is not right away but possibly in the future when that future will be exactly remains to be seen
2: i played around with serverless functions in the early days with like Very much the alpha of serverless framework. I remember looking on Amazon's dashboard and be like, serverless Lambda on edge, and be like, what the hell is that? And it's like, don't even know how you even get close to using that because AWS is so complex and everything. And then serverless functions didn't work right for me. They just didn't click, like having a server plus a database in one location that they're both literally right next to each other. And I think it's very much a thing in my eyes. Could we see edge functions being the new norm? Only if every other part of the jigsaw matches it, I edge functions are the norm because your files are hosted on a CDN that's on the edge. Your functions are on a CDN on the edge, and also now your database is on a CDN on the edge. I think once we hit all three of them and they're super tightly coupled, that you don't even need to think about running it on the edge. It's just the norm. As like you never even ever have to think about what location my code is ever in again because you're expecting it to be. Every everywhere. I think that's when you said about the future of like, will it happen? That's when I think it will happen.
0: I completely agree. I think we're still in this phase where we have the technology to run things at the edge. We don't yet have all of the things that we'll eventually want to run on the edge. Uh, and once we get there, like you say, I think it, it may change the, the landscape. And maybe at that point, yes, maybe at that point, it will not make sense to run a typical centralized or regional serverless function.
1: Thanks so much, Eduardo. This has been an awesome conversation. Thanks again to Jason for connecting us. Why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know where they can get in touch with you, where they can find you on the internet. And then I think we already kind of gave a good idea of where to go for the Netlify Edge functions specifically.
0: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Eduardo Bucas, B-O-U-C-S. And my website is that as well, edwardabookers.com. My DMs are open. I'd love to chat about anything Netlify or Edge Functions or web development for that matter. So yeah, I'm excited to speak with folks about this. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was, it was great
2: chatting with you. Thank you. I'm sure we'll speak again in the future when there's a more
1: exciting feature to happen. I'm sure it will happen. Absolutely. Yeah, Netlify never runs out of fun new toys to play with. <laughs>